Welcome to episode 42. How do I know if I have a mental illness? Now the question is, I have been experiencing symptoms of what I think might be a mental illness. How do I know if I have one or if it's just life? And when should I get some help? Now I think that most mentally ill individuals go through this process of wondering, passing those symptoms off as life issues, and then somewhere down the road eventually finding that they need help. Although I admit that most individuals probably get help far later than they probably should. Now, whether it is because of the mental illness that changes our reality, often begins and develops slow, or even has that attached mental illness stigma, most people are going to pass the symptoms off as a bad couple of weeks, a bad month, or they're going to associate it with some kind of out of the ordinary event in their lives. Now, this is not to say that out-of-the-ordinary events that are negative and traumatic don't cause mental illness. It is to say that the human body wants an answer for the feelings, and so the brain finds one. If you're experiencing symptoms, you have probably done just that. You have a reason for them. I always did, although I'm going to admit my reasoning probably didn't always make sense to anyone but me. So when is a depression a mental illness or an anxiety attack a serious problem that needs attention How would I even know if I had bipolar, if I'm thinking about it? For the most part, it's important to have some outside help when determining whether you have an illness. Self-diagnosis is affected by the illness itself, and your reality is not likely to tell you that you have an illness, because it is part of what you feel, and what you feel is who you are. So a good place to start is with those with whom you have the most contact. Have they noticed mood changes? Over the last few months, changes in desires to do things that you once love, consistent anger, consistent depression, crying fits for no real reason. Are you sleeping more than usual? Are you sleeping less than usual? Eating more, eating far less, significant increases in watching of media, playing online or consuming media. Have you noticed things as such as a low libido, a high libido, increase in pain medications? energy drinks or vitamins and other types of stimuli that might be trying to compensate. Now, if you have individuals who know you asking if you're all right for the last several weeks or noticing differences in clothing patterns, work patterns, sick days, and so forth, this is probably a pretty good indication. Although there exists no common set of indicator lights to say, yeah, this is a mental illness. Even when you have those indications from close associates, Really, only a professional should truly dictate if you have an illness that needs attention. My experience with the illness is that if you've been thinking that you might have depression, anxiety, bipolar, or even some other um, type of those illnesses, then you probably need to see a professional. Self-recognition of the disease or illness often comes far, far later than the illness itself. Even those around you are going to likely have difficulty recognizing it, and that is because you probably are masking it. Now, I took several months to recognize it in my wife after she had our daughter, and I had been experiencing depression on a regular basis. It's not like breaking a leg where you can see the damage and the problem is really apparent, or a flu where your symptoms are easily recognizable. You can have only a few of the normal symptoms, or none, or several, and they can even come and go at first. Now, there's no easy answer to the question. But there are some things that can help you when you are questioning. Now, today I'm going to go through many of those indicators and precursors that can help you decide 
and also perhaps remove any of the barriers, hearsay barriers that you might have heard. Now, before I get started on kind of my 10 things for today that you should consider, if you are having suicidal thoughts, then you need to get help. Even if you haven't started planning the suicide or thoughts are just starting on a regular basis, suicidal thoughts can progress rapidly depending upon the person. This is not the I wish I was dead sarcasm that sometimes we get into when life gets a little tough. This is real thoughts of what if I were dead? Would anyone notice type of imagination? In any case, no matter what, if suicidal thoughts are genuine, then get help. The first thing we should discuss about mental illness and to help you decide is that mental illness often follows bloodlines and genetics. Now, while a mental illness does not need a family history, science has determined that family history does appear to have a strong connection to the occurrence of the illness. Now, this will actually be one of the questions a professional will ask. Do you have any family members with known illnesses? And does it not, and now that it does not have to be the same type of illness as you have. As part of this question, you should consider relatives that may have an undiagnosed illness. And this, and this means even an episode or two that later subsided. I know that often we may not much know much more about our parents' and grandparents' history, especially medical history. But the more you know about family history, the better it will be in your decision-making. For me, my bloodline grandfather was bipolar, seriously bipolar, and my mother dealt with serious depressions. I myself deal, dealt with and deal with bipolar, and now I deal really with just depression at times. And my children... Several of my children also have some mental illness symptoms and indications. Now, some illnesses such as bipolar are actually far more linked to occurrence in genetics. This does not mean that they don't occur on their own, but a family history can be a strong indication that you're going to be dealing with a serious issue. Now, this is two. Understand that in your, when you're walking through this process, mental illness does not need a reason to occur. Often we think that for someone to have a mental illness, there must be a reason. There's a genetic connection, a traumatic experience, a postpartum depression, a surgery, isolation due to a pandemic, and so forth. The truth is, is that while more rare mental illness does not, while it is more rare, mental illness really doesn't need an excuse to interrupt your life. Mental illnesses are far more likely to occur when we are younger, but they can occur at any, at any point in one's life, and actually for no reason at all. Now, I admit that it's rare for a mental illness to come out of the blue when life is going well, but don't underestimate that it can occur. Don't dismiss the mental illness because you just can't see a cause. Body chemistry, for the most part, remains fairly similar for most of us as we age. And yes, there are changes that, are, that will occur, such as slowing metabolism and aging, but the body chemistry is also fickle and can change with stress, environment, cancer, other illnesses, changes in diet, surgery or even a new medication. What is important is not to dismiss the mental illness simply because you have no family history and no cause can be found. Number three in this decision process, mental illness can be the result of a serious and traumatic event in life or injury. Now, I talk quite a bit about genetics when I discuss this, and body chemistry is a part of this mental illness. However, many mental illness cases come about by a serious or traumatic event. Now I know that when I say you might be thinking, no, when I say that you might be thinking a car crash, a rape, or abuse verbally, sexually, or physically. 
big things that might cause someone to shut down emotionally. Yes, these events do trigger mental illnesses, but it does not have to be that dramatic. Moving to another home or location, change of friends, loss of close relationship by death or by moving on, isolation, change of school, change of environment, and even smaller events depending upon one's capacity, fears, mentality, stress level, and even your peers. What I'm saying is don't count out an experience because it's not dramatic enough. Also, it's important to remember that mental illnesses may not show up right after the event, and it also may take many years for a mental illness to develop and show. You might say, yes, I was abused when I was younger, but I'm almost 35 now. I've never experienced this before. Understand that the body and mind are complicated concoctions of chemistry and memory and experience, and that someone, that something you might see as unrelated has actually brought forth the issue at a later date. Now, this is why a professional might probe you about your past to help explain part of the problem that has occurred. Now, as a final note, it just doesn't have to be a traumatic event. Often, it might be a traumatic event and an underlying genetic cause, predisposition, that the traumatic event has actually brought to the surface. Number four, understand that mental illness can happen at any stage in life. Now, 75% of mental illnesses often occur before the age of 24. So while the statistics show that most mental illnesses start early in life, it actually can occur at any stage in life. Just because you are 40 years old, never had an issue, doesn't mean one will not occur. One cannot discount mental illness because you never had an issue until later in life. Now, this can also be true for older individuals who are aging towards retirement or who are already there. Retirement is often looked at as being the sweet reward for working a full life and saving some money, but it also brings with us some serious life changes. When you go in from when you go from being the top dog where people seek out your advice and your experience to just being another senior citizen, it can be a shock to the mind and body. Many older individuals experience depression, anxiety, and other concerns as they age due to a variety of issues, retirement, illness, isolation, loneliness, and feelings as though the world no longer needs them. Now, one should not think, well, I'm way past 40 or 60, never had an issue, so it can't be a mental illness problem. Actually, the truth is it actually really can be. Number five, I've kind of put this one out um, from some of the other sections as it kind of relates to what we're going through right now. Number five is isolation and unfulfilled desires can bring about mental illness, and often it's depression. I wanted to talk about it separately, although I could have actually dumped it in another section. It is very relevant to our current situation. When you have plans, desires, passions, and dreams, and the world comes to you and says, hold on, you can't do that. It has a strong tendency to bring about feelings of loss, frustration, and depressed feelings. For most people, this will eventually fade, but for some, mental illness is going to set in. It is not possible to absolutely determine who will and who will not come out of the problem. Often one actually has to wait for the isolation or barriers to be removed for those feelings to subside. Now, isolation also has a time component, meaning that the longer the isolation, the more likely the mental illness develops. Now, this isolation does not have to be a pandemic-driven or even a physical isolation, such as a prison. It can be an emotional it can be emotional isolation, cultural, or, or any real type of isolation 
that locks you out of your dreams and desires. I would include this in the arena as things such as unable to conceive a child, loss of a scholarship, loss of educational possibilities, loss of a job, and similar types of things. Isolation and unfulfilled desires is actually one of the greater influencing mechanisms for depression and anxiety, and that causes serious emotional and physical issues. Understand that if you are in an isolating nature that's or an isolation in some form in your life, that your mental illness could be a strong indicator that you have some unfulfilled desires. Number six, one can have a depressive or anxiety-driven episode due to hormonal, hormonal excuse me, imbalance or even other shock to the system, including surgery. I spe- wanted to specifically mention this particular type of induced mental illness. Anytime the body chemistry is upset or rearranged by any means, it can cause mental, emotional, and physical changes to the whole body and mind. These changes do not always lead to mental illness, but it is wise to watch for it when these things occur. Pregnancy, head injuries, any type of surgery where anesthesia is used, new pharmaceuticals, illicit drug use, even one time, change in a country, change of an area of the country. Understand that body chemistry, like I said before, is fickle to the changes of the environment and what is put into the body. So when these changes occur, it is wise to watch for signs of mental illness or issues with mental illness. Now, I would not jump at the first indication of the illness. Often chemistry can balance itself out with a little time. But if the symptoms continue to worsen for a couple weeks up to a month, then it's time to act. Now, number seven indicator, stress can cause a depression and even worsen one. One of the major contributors to mental illness Both the development of it and at times even the origin is stress. Stress is a very personal thing. What causes you stress may not bother me at all. We can't always avoid stress in our lives, now especially as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, but we do certainly have some better options than someone who doesn't understand their relationship with their Father in Heaven as we do. Now even with a solid testimony, the stresses and the stretching of life may just cause us sufficient problems that we need some help. I think one of the major concerns with this indicator is that we don't often see the stresses in our lives. Sometimes they are very obvious, but often they are such a part of our lives that we don't even recognize the stress. Strangely, or even perhaps not so strangely, the symptoms of stress can mimic depression and anxiety without bringing on the actual mental illness. The good thing about stress-related mental illness is that often the reduction of the stress or better management can actually reduce symptoms greatly or even cause them to be removed. In evaluating stress on your life, it's important to consider all matters in your life rather than just assigning blame to the ones we think should be the cause. Now, even a church calling, which really should be good for the soul, can be the cause of too much stress and may need to be reconsidered. One might think, well, the Lord called me. I should be able to do this. Yes, it is true that the Lord did call you, but also understand at times that he gives us difficult trials that may need us to reevaluate or evaluate even church callings. The answer is not always, I need to be released, but perhaps some changes need to be made and some helpful answers developed to help you in your calling. In any case, if copious amounts of stress interrupt your life, be aware of it. Understand that you might begin to show symptoms of a mental illness. Number eight of considerations, even a mild depression needs attention. 
the causes really should be addressed. Mental illness has a way of getting into the cracks of our lives and just seep into the very foundations of everything we're doing. Often it's just disregarded as just life, it will subside. What I'm feeling is just temporary, I just need to get through the next couple of months. While it might be very true, understand that the earlier a mental illness is addressed, the better the outcome is going to be. I'm not saying you need to run to the doctor every time you're feeling down. Part of the diagnosis will be that the issues have lasted for a period of time, often greater than two weeks to a month, along with other indicators. The difficult problem with diagnosing a mental illness is that you generally need more than just one indicator of the problem. Just feeling run down can have many physical causes. To be very honest about mental illness, the symptoms mimic several other physiological problems that might be occurring, which include, just as a start, thyroid problems, hormonal imbalances, viruses like mononucleosis, other bloodborne pathogens, heart issues, and almost every other problem in the body, and so forth. It is important to see a doctor when you have symptoms, as mental illness is not always the cause of what you feel. Number nine to consider. Um, physical symptoms can be caused by a mental illness. I feel tired. I'm run down, exhausted all the time. I'm losing my hair. My na nails are just terrible. I just feel sick today. I feel pain all over like I ran a marathon, but I haven't done anything. I got it just another cranky day. My heart feels strange, heavy. My chest hurts. I have headaches all the time. I just need some extra sleep. So tired. Why am I gaining so much weight? Man, I can't seem to lose any of the weight. I can't seem to gain any weight. Now, while all of these statements could be the result of a variety of physiological problems, many people would be shocked to hear that they all fit neatly into the mental illness category as well. Mental illness symptoms do not have to include the typical symptoms that might be more easily definable, such as feeling depressed. The person may not de feel depressed at all, but they might feel exhausted all the time. They might not feel a real lack of desire, but they feel sick often, especially, especially during stressful moments and time frames. Feeling sick and having a headache every time something becomes stressful in life actually might be a good indication. It's part of the way our minds help us in dealing with the issues that are occurring in our body. Now, our minds are funny things when it comes to mental illness and how the body and mind deal with it. The mind is going to find a few outlets that we call symptoms. And because it is the control center of the body, those outlets slash symptoms, can be things that can look entirely unrelated. Don't discount the symptom just because it doesn't fall into that little neat mental illness category. Um, and so number 10, and this is important. Many induced mental illnesses, depressions, and anxiety problems actually can be cured. However, now even with a resolution, resolution symptoms may persist for a time with these things, but if the mental illness has been induced by physical issues in the body, viruses, PTSD, traumatic event, often it can be, I guess, cured if that's the correct terminology, perhaps healed is better. Just because you have a mental illness, it doesn't mean that it's going to be with you for life. This is especially true for symptoms that have a direct or even some indirect causes within the body. That's why it's important to get help with a medical doctor when you or someone else starts to notice the changes in your life. I realize that the media and much of the discussion surrounding mental illness is that it's a life issue, but the reality is it doesn't have to be. Not all mental illnesses need medication or even lengthy brain training. 
Symptoms are going to vary widely, and mild depressions, even induced depressions, can often be treated with some simple life adjustments, such as eating, sleeping patterns, and a variety of mental training. A diagnosis of a mental illness is not mental illness terminal cancer. Often many people can be healed from these types of diseases with the medicine we now have. Now, when should you get some help? Now, I've already discussed part of the answer here. Often, if you're questioning whether you need help, you're probably already there. But some questions you should ask yourself while considering some of the indicators that I've talked about. How long have your symptoms been occurring? Now, you might kind of have to ask a friend or someone close to you to better answer that. Um, they are going to have a better indication as to how long those symptoms are there. Uh, the odds are that you are going to predict them to be far shorter than what they will. Now, um, are they affecting things in your life, like family relationships, work, children, hobbies, so forth? If it has been more than a month, then it is a reasonable to have the doc take a look at what, may, what might be causing the issue. Understand that it doesn't have to be a month, but that's a good basic time frame. If you had serious life changes, divorce, childbirth, miscarriage, move to a new location, off to college, new war, new almost anything that would cause a ser serious stress, are you taking new medications, had a surgery, illness, a virus, so forth? Do you have a family history of mental illness? Now, I suggest you answer these questions with someone who knows you well and who can answer objectively. Often, those of us who are afflicted are not very objective about it. If they are seeing major changes and changes and have noticed things are different about you that is affecting your life, even though you may not see it, I suggest you listen to them. What I said is very true about self-diagnosis. It, it almost always happens too late and most of the time far too late. It takes a significant effort to learn to manage illness when you catch it so late. Now, I wish I could tell you to watch for these three symptoms that last more than a month and then go see a doc. Uh, that is the trouble with mental illness and why we often catch it far too late. All of the symptoms are symptoms of other illnesses and causes. One of the main reasons why I noted those 10 indicators is that it's going to take pieces of everything and piecing it together for a diagnosis to occur. You can't just look for particular indicators or symptoms. That is the most important thing you can understand about the illness. It's never just one thing, and that one thing can come from many causes. What do you do if you suspect a problem? Go see a medical doctor first. The medical doctor is important because they can rule out true physical causes, such as a thyroid problem or hormonal imbalances. You shouldn't start treating what feels like a mental illness before you really had a physical exam. While medical doctors are not trained like psychiatrists at all, they can be helpful in determining if the issue might be more physical body related rather than brain body related. If they can't seem to find a real physical cause, then that will help to isolate it to the mental illness world. If it does end up this way, remember that not all mental illness is going to be a lifetime sentence, last forever type of thing. And there are many wonderful people actually who manage their illnesses every day and function just fine with the symptoms. Mental illness does not have to be a dark hole where you go to await death. It is manageable and can be reasonably dealt with if you know what you're dealing with. Also, one final note for those who have a loved one who is suffering. You might have to be the impetus to get things moving. This means you are going to have to explain what you're seeing lovingly explain what you are seeing and how you want to help. This might mean making a doctor's appointment, going to the doctor with them, helping the afflicted through other appointments, and if needed, helping them take their medications. As I've said in the past, 
Sometimes we, the afflicted, get so far down the mental illness path, but we need a loving hand to help us see what is possible. Well, that's it for today. Keep up the fight, and the Lord will do his part.